Ferry's got all set up. I know, right? I'm on time. I'm set up. What the heck? <laughs> hey, Print Hustlers. Welcome back to the Prince Apple Print Hustlers podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We got Mr. Andrew Montaigne out of All County Apparel today as our very special guest. We've got Mr. Stephen Farrig hanging out. This is a really cool story. Andrew actually bought a shop that's bigger than his, almost double the size. And he was talking about all the ups and the downs and the sidewayses and the, <laughs> there's just a lot there. So pretty cool uh, episode, but real quick, we've got some awesome sponsors just to share for everybody to check out. First up, GraphX Source. Graphic Source is helping so many shops with high quality production ready art and dedicated staffing solutions for decorators around the world. They work so heavily deep in Printavo. If you don't use them, give them a go. They handle SEPs, they handle digitizing, they can handle mock-ups, order entry. They are awesome. They've got teams everywhere to be able to help you and they can make a measurable impact in your business. Second up, we've got Easy Way. You shouldn't be spending all day cleaning dirty screens. Easy Way's line of environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster, more efficiently, and cost you a fraction of the cost per screen. Check out Easy Way uh, for chemicals either directly or through a distributor. They are awesome. Such a great, nice team too. Multicraft. Have you heard of Multicraft underscore daddy? Multicraft is a really neat distributor that if you need ink, supplies, or daddy, Multicraft screen printing and digital supplies for over 50 years are providing you with the top brands at competitive prices. And make sure to mention the Printavo podcast where you receive an extra 10% off your first order. Last but not least... Mr. Supercolor, Supercolor, the world's best heat transfer is empowering professional printers, clothing brands, brokers, crafters, and shop owners to be able to do some pretty awesome decoration. Actually, that's what my wife was doing is some heat pressing at the beginning of the episode. They are super fast and super easy. Mention Printavo for 10% off. That's for the next couple of months off your first order. Mention Printavo or actually use the code Printavo and you'll be able to get 10% off. They have some really great high quality heat transfers. All right, let's jump into the episode. I, uh, I don't have a native iPhone plugin, so I can't use my phone as my camera because my computer will explode. Uh, yeah, so my dongle only sort of works. My, uh, I don't know if you guys have the newer Macs where it's like you have to, you need a USB hub just to use it. I'm on a Dell here. I, I feel like uh, I look like sepia here, but um, like the color's a little off, but I guess it's good, right? I mean, no, your colors good. look great. It's okay. Right. Oh, you're on a <laughs> Dell? What's that like? Well, we, we're using, actually, we're using all the uh, all in ones. So we're, we're not using any Macs right now. All in ones. What are, oh, are those like the, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So even you use those? You don't? You didn't spoil yourself? No, yeah, we're all we're all on the same page. Um, I think initially we were using it because some of the software was only compatible with Dell's. I'm trying to think which ones. Um, I want to say like the Wilcom software, some of the digitizing stuff. So they all had to utilize that. So I think we all just followed suit. Um, I want to say there was one or two other things, um, but yeah. Then once we did it, we, we pretty much just uh, stuck with all the same. Uh, Dells for for the front end and the back end. Everybody has the same thing. Do you golf? 
Uh, yeah, I golf. I golf. And now it's cool. We, you know, we're getting uh, the Callaway products through Delta, which is pretty cool. So a lot of people are, uh, a lot of and our clients are excited about that. You can get Callaway through Delta, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. buy from Delta. Where does Delta ship out of? Uh, they ship all over the, from all over the place. I know they actually have a New Jersey facility. A lot of our clients uh, drop ship from Delta. A lot of the high volume guys buy from Delta. Um, you know, they, they, I guess they're extremely competitive, uh, at these super high volumes. Huh. Um, yeah. So I know they have a facility, I think in South Jersey and I know they have a few others, but they're, uh, you know, you're able to get, uh, definitely Callaway through Delta now, uh, even Sophie. So we're doing like a lot of the, the, uh, like, I know you do a lot of the stores and such, you know, we get a lot of Sophie through Delta. Um, and then we have, like I said, a lot of clients that drop ship that stuff. That's cool. I'm going to open an account with them. I learned something new. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, Andrew, All County Apparel. Yep. What's the... Um, you, wait, how did Ferg, you guys meet before? Was it through trade shows? Atlantic City? I don't know. How did we meet? Uh, did we meet formally for the first time in person in Jersey? Or have we... Uh, d- we first met, you know, Steve, we first met uh, actually at Print Hustlers uh, in person, but I know you were doing a lot of um, interactions, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but with Rich from our team, who yeah, kind of yeah, runs, yeah. yeah, he kind of runs the show in a lot of aspects, and he's been working a lot with, uh, or, you know, especially in the beginning, was working a lot with uh, Neil, Neil with the Printflow app, yep, so the, ex- the Printavo extension, Bruce, right, so, so I think they were interacting a little bit, so... You know, and then obviously I follow a lot of the videos and stuff, so I knew you know you you threw that, um, you know, and then yeah. we connected in Chicago. I think what was cool, we chatted. So yeah, we've been working with Rich on the Printflow stuff um, for Shopify, but you guys just acquired a shop way bigger than you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yep. I thought that was super super cool because. I don't know. You hear about people like buying up smaller shops and doing that. And you're, you guys are a pretty young crew. Like who owns all County? Is it, is it you and rich? Is it just you? Tell us about that. So, uh, I'm the, uh, the sole owner of all County. Um, you know, we have a few people involved, uh, I should say, you know, on paper, but you know, at the same time I work with my brother. Um, so, so the primary responsibilities is my brother runs the, the back of house. So to say I run the front of house, um, rich is a partner, um, you know, so he's, so he's involved and he, uh, he oversees a lot of the, um, you know, the project management side of things. So he's pretty much in with every specific, uh, project, you know, he's, he's involved with it or overseeing it. So, you know, he oversees all, all the sales, graphic design, customer service aspects of those projects as well. Um, so he has a huge responsibility on the front end too. Um, so, you know, we really look at, uh, all our employees as team members, uh, everybody, you know, is, um, you know, mission driven. It's, it's definitely, especially in our front end, we have such a tight knit, um, everybody's just in depth. Um, but so, you know, when it, when it boils down, it's me and my brother have a lot of that, you know, the primary responsibilities and, and Rich is right there too. Gotcha. So how did, has Rich been there from like day one? Is he like ride or die? Yeah. Yeah. So Rich was actually the first person to jump on. Um, you know, so, so he was the first team member that we had and he's still obviously with us. How, how do you incentivize your, your number one guys? Like, this is really interesting because, because I've seen this in shops before. Is it equity? Is it profit sharing? If you're willing to say like, Rich is a, a huge part of your business. Shout out to Rich. If you're listening to this, um, how do you incentivize 
how do you incentivize everyone to, to, to do that? Like, is there something special that you do? There's something obviously working. Well, uh, you know, the first thing is, you know, you know, we definitely make a point to, uh, to make sure everybody's paid above industry standard. Um, you know, another thing that's really important to us that I'll say right off the bat is, you know, we're extremely close with the whole team. It's truly a, like a family environment, right? So, um, you know, we're interacting, talking with everybody every day. There's no, um, you know, it's, it's not like, um, you know, there's management completely separated from, from other uh, parts or other areas of the company. So everybody's working together, interacting. If there's any questions, concerns, things but like, like that, but it's like, addressed okay, immediately. Like, all right, let's get past that. Is there like yep. a financial way that you're able to pull that off? Is it like, hey, if we hit this number in sales, I'm going to share this with you guys? You're, like, you're absolutely right. So there's there, there you know, we do sales incentives. Um, we do sales incentives. We do profit sharing as well. Um, you know, so that's how we keep you know everybody motivated. Um, you know, some of the key, some of the key key folks. Uh, also, we have some remote sales reps. We have uh, one person on the, out on the West Coast. Um, one person down in, on the uh, south, uh, Southeast Territory. And um, it's, you know, that's pretty much like a base plus commission type of thing. Um, so, so, you know, it is important to us to make sure that we have clear goals and like you said, you know, incentive base so that it makes sense for people to want to hit those goals. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, everybody needs to get compensated for, for what they're doing. And if you want everybody to work harder, you know, then, then uh, yeah. Than, than normal, then, you know, you have to have the, those, uh, those incentives. And we definitely do. I'm curious, like with your brother too, do you, uh, is there any good best practices to working with a family member you found or do you guys just fist fight it out? Yeah. Like locker boxing. So that's a great question. Squeegee you know, we, throwing. We, <laughs> no? There's no squeak, nothing physical. I will say that, which I'm pretty proud of, but, uh, you know, it definitely gets heated. Um, it definitely gets heated at times. Um, you know, it's funny. We keep talking about Rich. Obviously, you're such a, a key component. Um, but even with, with him, and, and I could use him as an example, and some of our other, you know, key team members, you know, there's, there, you know, there is, there is some back and forth. There is some fighting. But, um, you know, maybe fighting is the wrong word because it's, it's there's, there's, what we don't want, right, is a lot of beating around the bush for every issue. We don't want issues where they're not spoken about. So we like that environment where if there's a problem, it's brought up right away. And, you know, and maybe it's maybe it feels a little hostile when it's first brought up or it feels a little bit like, you know, shock and awe. But, uh, you know, we, we'd rather just get it right on the table. Hey, this isn't working. This is a problem for me. I recognize this problem. This customer, it's th what we're doing with them. It's not working for this client, whatever. And just address it instead of, you know, beating around the bush. So, um, you know, that dynamic, the same dynamic someone would have with a sibling uh, and that, that we certainly have. Um, you know, it's, it's a good dynamic, I think ultimately. So like Orange County good. choppers, like, you know, <laughs> you remember that show? property brothers, Did you watch that show before, uh, when they were always like throwing chairs through the glass and everything. It gets a little crazy property brothers. That's another funny one. Um, you know, but ultimately I think it works well and, it, and it's, and it's, uh, it's good for us. It works for us. And I think could we you, do replicate that a little bit, that dynamic, could like you I said, be without the physical part of it. Could you be a reality <laughs> TV show? Uh, sometimes I like to think we could, um, you know, sometimes I definitely like to think that we, that we could do some sort of TV show. <laughs> That's funny. Well, well, how did, so how did you get started? I, I know you started back in college, but was it with your brother then? 
Uh, so at, at that time, it was just me. So I had, um, I don't, I don't want to say a company here. In, in a sense, it was a company, right? But this was, it was truly just me at this point. So in college, uh, I was setting up these fundraisers <clears throat> for local high schools, local athletic programs, uh, mainly athletic programs, also some nonprofits. Um, so I did that through college. And long story short, um, when I when I finished up with school, I tried to scale that. I realized it wasn't scalable. Mm-hmm. So I ended up looking at, where, hey, where's all this fundraise money going? What are all these groups? What are the nonprofits? What are the, especially athletic programs, doing with these funds? Uh, I recognized, you know, when I was looking at the budgets, when I was looking at, you know, these organizations, a lot of it was going towards custom apparel. A lot of it was going towards uniforming, things like that. Mm-hmm. So we started outsourcing some of the work. You know, we did, we, this was the point where we started kind of diving in. and Was that your niche? You know, all the way to. That was your niche, the fundraising on the athletic that side? That was it. That, that was 90, 95% of it was athletic programs. But you were outsourcing, every, you were outsourcing everything, right? Initially, yep. So we were outsourcing everything. Um, and that was a phase where we were getting a good grip on the numbers, you know? So what we were doing, you know, we were able to kind of, you know, look at, you know, where these types of products could be priced, how these types of customers could be priced. And what we're slowly doing in this, in this phase, probably un- unknowingly, um, you know, but we're creating our different, slowly like learning our different segments of customers. So now we're starting to get, you know, away from just teams, uh, away from just schools, away from just high schools. And we're working with some small businesses. We're working with some, um, you know, uh, different organizations, so to say, uh, and expand a little bit. And that was kind of how we started to, to, to maybe form a little bit of our identity again, unknowingly, but that's kind of what was happening at that point. That's super interesting. So you were basically running fundraisers and that was your thing. Were you doing that on like a Shopify, like WooCommerce? What were you so using? This was a different type of fundraiser. I don't know um, if, you, if you guys are familiar with it um, in your areas, but it was very similar, like a coupon book fundraiser, right? So oh. it was like, a, it, but it was a, on a local level, um, kind of personalized for that program, but it was like the PVC discount cards. Um, so basically we were, you know, an organization was saying, Hey, you know, we want, we like the, these are our, uh, organization members or our athletes or students, whoever it was, you know, they frequent these 20 to 30 businesses. And what we would do is for no cost, we'd come in and we'd reach out to every one of those owners or every one of those franchise, uh, franchisees, whoever it was, and have them sign contracts to, to do it, say, Hey, yeah, we'll give that school 10% off or 20% off on their cards. We'd put it all together. Uh, provide that to, to, to these groups for no no upfront costs, no risk, you know, nothing to them, which is obviously a no brainer for everybody. Uh, and then they would sell those cards to their their members huh. to the community. Wait, so who who sells the cards? The organization members Bruce, would sell Bruce, the cards. Did you play sports? Mm, like club, but not like a. But high like, did you play sport. high school sports? No, not part of the high school. It was club hockey. It was, but they didn't you have played hockey school. books. Yeah. Bruce, okay. Bruce went to an entitled North Suburb Club thing where you didn't. Have, you have to sell coupon books outside of the freaking Jewel Osco that had all the businesses in there, oh. and that's you know. I won that contest still, every is year. Is this still a thing? Do they still do that? They do still. Yeah, they still do it. We do. Um, believe it or not, we still actually do a handful of them. Uh, just the groups. Some of the groups we've been working with now. This will be the eighth year we were doing that. 
Uh, and you know, so it's been cool. So some of the successful groups that rely on, have relied on that fundraiser for, for eight or so years, yeah. um, you know, we'll, we'll still set it up for them. Andrew, um, you know, Bruce is like a coupon clipper. Like I do if there coupons. was a reality TV <laughs> show, like, well, there is, there is a few he, of them. It, he loves coupons. It's not, He's it's not as Facebook much as the like dollars saved as much as the feeling when you see the dollars come off the register, like CVS, I think is oh, the best, yeah. you know, when you, when it's like, yeah. Yeah. Negative one. Well, I'll tell you what, it was funny because so I'm like <laughs> you, Bruce. So I, I think it's especially when like these cards were reusable, keep in mind, right? Yeah. So you could frequent these businesses every day. And, 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 you know, if it was Dunkin' Donuts, obviously there's some people that might use that every day and get a free whatever or uh, 15, 20% off. Right. Um, so I'm like you, you know, I appreciate that. But what I realized was it was funny. There were people like us and, and maybe there was people like Steven. I don't know, Steven, you didn't say your, you didn't share your, your feedback yet, but there was people who didn't really even, they would just buy the cards just to support the program. They didn't really uh, even care okay. too much about the 5% or so, you know, I, or the 10%. I stood outside of the grocery store selling them and would try to win the contest okay, for so the school. Into it, yep. And yeah. that was great. So we're talking about incentives for the employees. Co- we did the same thing. Coach, in each Ron, of these. Coney, Coach Ron Coney, if you're listening to this, I won it every year. Uh, I always sold the most coupon books. Uh, Bruce bought all of them. Um, Chrisette's <laughs> actually here. If you want, to, you want to say hi to the podcast real quick? She was heat pressing in the background. I don't know if you heard the okay. beep beep beep. I have to go to work, but here. Um, sorry. Chrisette could comment on Bruce's coupon clipping at some point. Yeah, see, it's the, a, the problem it's a thing. is, especially with the CVS ones, you have to carry around all those long receipts and everything, and it becomes a mess. So it's it's whenever I have them, but it definitely feels good. But sorry, okay, I digress. So, so, so the fundraising was was really big. That helped grow it. When did you decide I want to go full time on this? So uh, maybe about eight months, six to eight months into outsourcing it, I started to get a good grip on the numbers, uh-huh. you know. And I guess this is kind of a common story, um, you know. But then all of a sudden, we're you know in the industry, so to say. I hear this a lot, even on some of your podcasts with some folks. But you know, all of a sudden we're filling up, you know, a shop with work, and maybe now we're filling up two shops, and we're just sending so much volume. And and you know, we're we're playing the game of telephone with, with some things, you know, uh-huh. uh, just trying to communicate the customers customers' requirements and and getting the physical goods back and forth you know what I mean so we're playing that game um, so ultimately we we did just take a jump and, and it felt very sudden but within like a three-week period I kid you not we actually ended up buying uh, an entire screen printing shop uh, just their machinery that we ultimately uh, initiated contact like with on eBay. Of, oh they were selling it on eBay where were you at revenue wise to feel comfortable enough to do that I, uh, to be completely honest, I, I, as far as for the apparel goes, um, I don't even know at that point because keep in mind our our core and, and at this point also keep in mind it's it's truly um, it's truly just me at this point my brother's involved a little bit so you know this is still super early stages here yeah um, but we're also still doing these fundraising cards you know we're still doing them a little bit but it's 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 you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But at the end of the day, that those cards are still the core. We don't know we're about to take a jump into apparel, a completely uh, shape shift. So this was this was early. Like, how long ago was that? That was. So so that's that was just over four years ago, five years ago, maybe okay, five so years ago, so where we started you, doing the outsourcing. Yeah, pretty recent. Got you. So you're jumping into merch. When yeah. do you feel like you? When did you buy equipment? How many years ago was that? So that was that same time we bought the equipment. Um, pretty much, we took that leap. So like this three week period, so to say, maybe a month period where we just we took a big leap. So we bought that equipment from uh, uh, we all we initiated contact with the group that had everything listed on eBay. 
Um, that was uh, Michael Klein from Derby, Connecticut. He owns uh, on-time screen printing with his partner, Brett. And, um, you know, I was talking to him and, and he was a super nice guy. So basically, not only did we buy the machinery, but we did, you know, business there with some great guys who were just helped us, you know, uh, you know, A to Z, you know, how, how we're going to, you know, there for questions, how are we going to use everything? What does this do? What does that do? Because, yeah, we were outsourcing stuff, but we still had no idea how to utilize this equipment. We had no <laughs> idea pretty much anything. I mean, we're still, you know, ink and uh, we're still paint instead of ink, you know, we're like, right. we're just not there, but, but, but we know we got something. We know we like it. Uh, also what's very attractive at this point is, um, you know, we're doing business with folks and, you know, we're, we're on good payment terms because I'm coming out of fundraising for, for just, you know, four years where I'm allowing these organizations to launch these fundraisers with zero risk, uh, no upfront costs, not contractual, 95% of the time plus, and, um, you know, getting payment, you know, 90 days, you know, after we set up these fundraisers plus sometimes, you know, four or five, six months after, um, you know, and having a lot of flops. I mean, there's a lot of fundraisers where folks obviously aren't organized and this could go to a conversation too in this industry is, you know, I know a lot of folks will set up, um, you know, a lot of our shops set up these fundraiser stores and some are very successful, some aren't. So a lot of that depends on who's the organizer, you know, is the Fair organizer, organ- are they, yeah, I mean, we could probably have a whole we podcast flop. just about that. So, yeah, you know, so we're dealing with that. So this is very attractive, you know, it's attractive and keep in mind, we have a good clientele list. So, you know, we'll work with these teams of schools. We already have them to reach out to say, gotcha. hey, now we're so, offering apparel. So it's like you're already cold calling them to sell coupon books. You're already getting them great fundraisers. You're helping stimulate their businesses. So when you go to them and say... Hey, I, I was the coupon book guy. Do you want some t-shirts? They're like, heck yeah. 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 Basically. So, um, nice. that's, that's pretty much it. And, and, you know, some of these groups we work, we were working with at this point, working for a few years. So, you know, we, we, we have like, you know, we know, I mean, these, this is like a very minute detail, but like, you know, we know their colors, we have their artwork that, you know, they change their logo every year for the last few so years. You had, that's, that's a really interesting angle. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we could maybe, you know, we were sharing some mock-ups with them or maybe they just trusted us to, to have that stuff. So it was a little easier for them to go through us. So we were able to transition some folks right off the get-go over to, you know, Hey, these were the the discount card, you know, guys, or this was the discount card guy, like you said. And, you know, so, you know, why don't we, you know, send some stuff over for the apparel or the uniforms or, you know, for the the team or, or whatever for the school. So it was kind of a no-brainer, and that's kind of how it fell into place there. Um, but then we did take that jump, and like I said, we took a lot of uh, equipment. We took two automatics. Um, Holy cow! Yeah, very, so you went from oh, so total brokering out. No, yeah, I, I'm not joking here. Yeah, the, that three-week period. There, there's this was how, a full yeah, shop. So that's a fast learning. How old full, were you? This was a full shop. How old At were that you? point, Stephen, I was. Uh, I must have been 20. One or twenty. I mean, it would have been twenty-two at that point. I think. Yeah, it's fast learning curve. And uh, when I did that, and um, I just dove right into it. So, so T Swift, year you bought two autos. Knew we nothing bought about two printing. autos, and we took everything with it. So me and my brother, uh, we took probably, <laughs> probably together. And there was a lot of ancillary equipment. I mean, you name it. It came with. Uh, it came did you with it. did I mean, you pay for it in cash? Finance it? Was this drug money? How did you get this? We paid. <laughs> <laughs> so we paid for this in cash. So so pretty much, you know, I got a lot. So, so you know, I'm doing the fundraising for a few years. I obviously make a little bit of money there. So we, we buy this all this stuff. And me and my brother take like again like eight maybe maybe closer to ten trips to Derby, Connecticut, back and forth. 
uh, two or three hour drives in U-Haul trucks. We're bringing all this stuff to a, a lease, uh, a warehouse that we just got that was at, the, at this point was 4,000 square feet. Completely, you know, nothing. Did you in have there. any orders at that time? We we have orders. Uh, we're we're outsourcing them, um, you know. But you know, we were we were excited to run them on our own. But there was a lot ahead of us. A big learning curve. As you, I mean, obviously. Did you? When did you have the feeling when you looked at the equipment and said like, "Uh oh, did I make the right or wrong choice?" Did that ever? That, you know, that do you feel I, that every day? Short answer. Yes. No, <laughs> I feel pretty comfortable now, to be honest with you, because we have such a great team behind us. Um, but, you know, that that yes, the answer was yes, I did feel that. And, uh, you know, that's that just that doesn't sum it up. I mean, there were some real points there where, um, you know, I was like, you know, hey, this is like crazy. So we go from an office that's, you know, maybe th- I had an office for the f- my fundraising gig that was maybe 300 square feet. So I keep getting back to this like three week stretch where I dove all in. We 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 buy all this equipment from uh, on time screen and screen uh, in Derby. Uh, we sign a lease for a forty five hundred square foot warehouse, and I fly down to Naples, Florida, to a rock uh, class at Relic Inc. in Naples uh, with an owner Danny to do a class on on how to screen print. And you know, so that's like that's like a, a period there that's so tight. And, you know, there's a lot of stress there, but I'm extremely optimistic. It was more so after that for a few months where I'm like, you know, hey, what am I doing? I mean, there's some points there where I'm in, I'm in this 4,500 square foot warehouse by myself. And I'm saying to myself, you know, what, you know, there are some thoughts there, you know, what's going on? You know, was this the right move? Would you have done that? I mean, it sounds smart, right? Like you cut so much time out of the whole like incremental manual one auto two, you know, that you compressed it really quickly. Do you think you would have done it that way again? Uh, you know, that's a good question. Um, I would probably say no. I mean, I, I was in a position only because like, like where I am right now, right. Is, is, um, like I wouldn't do it in that sense, right. Where I don't think I would just dive into something, um, you know, without having a, a, a more of a plan, I think at that point, so keep in mind, I'm like 22 years old, right? So I'm, I'm ready to, to dive into something like full speed ahead times five, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm, I'm ready to go. So as soon as I signed up for that class uh, in Naples, that was a class that was like the next day or two days after. So I go right down there or whatever it was and, you know, I'm ready to go. And I signed this lease. I have, you know, no business signing in one spot, uh, you know, in one sense rather. And, um, you know, we're just ready to go. And my brother's, you know, uh, ready to help, but he's in college at this time. So how much younger myself. is he? He's three years younger. So he's at, so he was at Lafayette. He's playing football. So he can't, so he, he, 19 he year couldn't old come brother. back. Yeah. So he, he couldn't come. <laughs> so he couldn't like just come back every, every day or every weekend, you know, and there's no, there's no rich at this point, uh, Steve. So, you know, there's some periods there and, you know, so there, there's definitely some, some, some rough periods there. Wow. You know, like, that's when I bought into campus sportswear uh, at the same time. So I, I graduated. I took that leap right away. And yeah. I remember the first six months, there were some like, uh-oh <laughs> moments where I'm like, uh, I'm in business with people. I don't know what I'm doing. Are you sure? Yeah. Should, should I have done this? But I think uh, someone tells me this, like, you know, like if not now, then when, you know, like if you didn't, if you weren't stupid enough to make that leap, you would have never made that leap. So like that foolishness that we have of like hopped on a plane, did it for three weeks. Like that's the crazy 
in entrepreneurship that they don't define. Right. There's yeah, always that point. Right. Like Bruce, when you crazy. quit, when you quit your job and went full bore printable, like I remember that text, you're like, I'm doing it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, that's I, I a almost huge wonder, step. Like I almost wonder if the age also helps because you're naive to a lot of stuff. Like I, it's <laughs> yeah. funny. Like I think about things now and you know, or somebody will ask me about starting something or, you know, and I'll think it through, but I overthink it so much because it's like, okay, so you got to do this and you need to hire this and you got to do that and this and this. And you almost like work your way out because you've seen the last 10 years and, and like what you need to be able to continue to grow. But when you start, you don't think about that. You're literally thinking about like tomorrow and just making it work. And I think that's the mentality that pushes people forward, not the overthinking aspect, but Wow. So that, so then Andrew, you let the plastisol get to your head a little bit and you decided to acquire <laughs> another shop. Yeah. So wait, wait, wait. Um, so how did, so <laughs> this is the whole thing. So Steven reached out and was like, Andrew bought a shop bigger than him. That's the preface. How did the, how did this come to happen? This, this deal um, came because we were at a point where we, we kind of wanted to do a leapfrog, right? So let's fast forward to where we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have those people. My brother's here. He's full-time. We have, you know, Rich, and Rich is, you know, beyond full-time. And we have so many other people who are just essential on the front end. And, um, you know, our back end is good, um, but, you know, our physical space is, is small. So we know we need to we need to bust out, get more physical space. Um, but, you know, and, and in the back end from a production standpoint, there are some strengths, but there's also some weaknesses. So we're, you know, we're, you know, everybody's aware. I mean, Bruce, I've ta- had conversations with you. Uh, you're on a whole nother level as far as I'm sure struggles with hiring goes. Right. So there's all that going on. And so, you know, me and my brother, it's just chit chat. But we're saying maybe there's, you know, another shop that, um, you know, we could find that's not doing so well, didn't, maybe didn't fare so well during COVID, or maybe there's just someone out there, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, maybe, let's, maybe we could just keep our eyes open, you know? And, um, you know, so we're keeping our eyes open. We find some uh, smaller shops. You know, some of these numbers are just not realistic. The companies weren't, uh, you know, ever built with scalability in mind and such. And um, one day, you know, we're just uh, one of our technicians, Mohammed, who's real prominent on the East Coast here to, to serve as M&R machines. His company, Mosin uh, Services, is, is, is the best in the area uh, on the East Coast here, like I said. And, um, you know, we're just we're just kind of kind of just, um, you know, talking to him, just BSing with him about, you know, hey, you know, we're looking at other places, but, you know, th- things just have nothing's really made sense so far. And, you know, so he's a technician. Right. So, I mean, he's, you know, all over uh, the coast, sometimes even farther. Sometimes at a country service machine. Some of those guys are the most valuable in our industry. Like Wally oh, yeah. for us, like yeah. finds me equipment and is like, yo, uh, I'm breaking this thing down. Do you guys want it? Money. Yeah. Those, be close to those people. They're great. Yeah. So so this was, you know, just, um, you know, something that, you know, he also we're talking to him about and he's like, you know, I know some folks that I service and, you know, obviously the last year has been rough for some people. I know there's some people that are going to be exiting over the next few years. Um, you know, one in particular, I, I think, it, you know, he's been telling me every time I'm there, he's kind of, you know, upping uh, the seriousness of the conversation. So I said, you know, listen, let's, you know, share my info, no problem, or, or, or share me his info or whatever, um, you know, let's let's talk to him as soon as he wants to talk. We could just talk. Who knows where it will go? Um, you know, that conversation 
ultimately um, was we were talking about the company that the owner of the company that we ended up acquiring. Um, so that conversation started almost a year before the deal ended up happening. Um, so how, when, when did that it conversation close? took place. When so did the it close, deal, Andrew? The deal closed in January of 2022 um, is when we really took over and, and then our mission started and, and all these things. How uh, many people the internal did you have and how many people did he have? So he had uh, just over 20 employees. Mm -hmm. At this point, we probably had about 10 mm -hmm. to 12 uh, full-time, probably about, about 10, 10 folks with us. Um, you know, so, so it was big. We had two presses. So in the initial, uh, machinery purchase, what we were just talking about that period, we did get two automatics. We took a manual, but we actually never set that second automatic up. So we, we, up until uh, this acquisition, we were only running one automatic screen printing press and one manual aside from our embroidery DTG equipment. That's all we're running screen print. This shop we acquired, um, they have eight screen printing presses. Um, how, seven how many autos? Which are manuals. The seven are which, seven are which are uh, autos, I'm sorry, Steven. So one, only one was a manual. So they were a full service screen printing shop, but they did not offer embroidery. They didn't offer DTG. That's a big shop. So you bought a seven auto shop. We bought a seven auto shop. Yeah. Are these, are we talking, okay, okay. Are we talking like workhorses, javelins? Are we talking They're like all MNRs. Uh, all the dryers are MNR other than one, which was an interchange, which we're uh, so swapping you, so out. So you bought a, a legit dryer. shop. We bought a legit shop. They were in business, Steve, for, for, for 62 years, these guys. Um, there was one name change uh, throughout there um, is what I've been told. I don't have a lot of knowledge about this, you know, from when it, it goes way back. Um, you know, but, um, because there was also, uh, I think two owner changes throughout there, but long story short, the company had history and they just have a great group of team members, um, specifically on the production side. I mean, we're talking about folks with 20, 30 years plus experience. Um, wow. you know, we're pushing out quality, um, that is unprecedented, especially, I mean, for us unprecedented, you know so, what I mean? So Everything's just, in the, in the process, okay. It took you a year. So what did you do in the last year? Was it you spending time meeting the employees? Was it talking to banks, financials? Like, tell us about that journey in the last year that you took. Cause yeah. it seems like you, was there a lot of due diligence? Like this wasn't a three week process. There, there was a lot of due diligence, but right off the bat, um, you know, they didn't have a very strong front end team. Um, and, and, and the last two years they were very impacted from COVID. Um, so, you know, there was a lot of due diligence, but it definitely didn't take up that whole 12 months. So it might be a little, my answer might be a little disappointing, but there was actually a lot of blackout periods in that 12 months. There was a lot of periods there where, you know, both parties, the buyer and the seller, um, you know, we really didn't think the deal was going to happen. Um, so the deal was stagnant multiple times. Um, you know, I think this is a common occurrence and this is something that would be great for the listeners to hear. Um, it's funny. I was actually, uh, just Thursday, I was meeting with a buddy of mine who, who just bought, um, uh, a bar in Morristown and we were just talking about the deals and we found these same similarities as they had a, several periods as well, where the deals just were at like, you know, crossroads and they thought it wasn't going to happen. Um, so I think the lesson learned from this, at least in my experience, I could say the lesson learned from this is, um, you know, when you find the deal that makes sense is you definitely, it's definitely not worth, uh, rushing, right? You want to make sure that the buyer knows that you're very serious. If you obviously, if you are, if you actually are, 
but you definitely don't want to rush because um, in our experience and, and I, in my, my buddy's experience in a completely different industry, um, those periods, those blackout periods where there was no conversations and those pessimistic you know, phases where everybody was kind of like, this is probably not going to happen or maybe it was because of frustration, whatever it was, um, you know, they ultimately ended up in both our instances. And obviously this might not always be the case, but to our favor. Um, in regards to the final sale price. So that was a very important lesson that um, we learned. And, you know, it, it's easier, you know, now looking back at it, obviously, you know, when you're going through a deal and you want it to happen, it's very frustrating. But looking back, I could say that. And that's one of a very, uh, the did, very important lessons. Did, did you have an advisor, mentor, or someone that helped you do this? Because like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I a mean, great question. Yeah. That's, that's a great question. So... Um, about a year and a half ago, uh, we, um, we ended up putting a uh, attorney on retainer. Um, so we have a, a general business counsel as a company. Um, so he acts as an advisor. Uh, we also have two other folks that we consider advisors. Um, you know, we, we call, we call it kind of a board of advisors, but altogether it's, um, you know, three, three folks that kind of guide us on, on different things. Um, you know, the acquisition was a, a just a, a great thing that, um, you know, made that all worthwhile. It, it made that, it, it made us really happy to, to have kind of formed that in the beginning at a point where we probably didn't need, you know, to, to have, you know, uh, a general business counsel and, and we probably didn't need to have, um, you know, these two other people that, um, you know, but there's a vote of confidence there. They, they're here. They're, they're there to help you. Right. No, there, there is. It's yeah, there absolutely is. But the acquisition was like, you know, arguably the most important thing that we tackled, um, as a team utilizing, you know, that, that team, our, our, our kind of outside, but still inside team. If that if, makes sense. If so. a shop wants to buy another shop, is it a straight cash sale? Is it done over years? I mean, obviously you're not going to disclose the numbers per se, but do you have to have a lot? Do you have to do, you, you know, are there ways to structure it that it doesn't feel like a huge acquisition or do you just hand them over a pile of cash and say, here we go? Well, 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 in our, in our specific deal, it was a cash deal, right? So we, 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 um, I mean, we ultimately, you know, paid it in cash in full. That's, that's the deal that we did, but you know, these deals could, could definitely be done, you know, uh, in, in, in many different ways. Um, you know, as long as your ducks are in a row with your personal finances and, and your, and your company, um, you know, finances, I think that, um, you know, you could work with the banks and, and structure these deals however you'd like. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's also one of those things that's, that I think is to your benefit to, to have the ability to, to, to uh, do the deal in cash, so to say, because, um, you know, that's from, a, from a, a seller's perspective, that's much more attractive, you know, that ultimately when, when you come down to an agreement that you're going to be able to, um, you know, take care of it right then and there instead of having to rely on a bank's timeline or, or, or uh, you know, pay it over, over a few years or, or whatever. Um, but in our instance, that's what we, we were able to do. How'd you value, cool. how'd you like, you know, is it, was it a multiple or, or like what, how, how'd you come up with the dollars that you felt that business was worth? So we looked at, um, I mean, we looked at, uh, the, the most, the, the first and foremost thing is that we looked at was the equipment value. Uh-huh. Um, so again, this was like a full M and R shop. Um, there's some automation going on, uh, a reclaimer, you know, screen reclaimer. That's pretty good. Um, you know, there's some, some different things. Like I said, the majority of them were, uh, the majority of our presses, the vast majority of almost all of them are automatics, one of which is a 16, mm-hmm. uh, station press. So that's pretty cool. Um, you know, so that's the first thing we looked at. The second thing we looked at was the, um, 
you know, the clientele and the value of them. Um, you know, this is really what separated this deal from some of those other deals we were looking at because, um, you know, if a, if, if, if a shop isn't built with scalability in mind and, and they're trying to sell it, you know, that client list you have to be extremely wary of because, you know, if they, if, if, if they only have one point of contact on the front end, what's to say that those clients are going to, sure. you know, stay with you. And so, That's a big worry. you know, there's, at the end of the day, you could be as contractual as you want. You could have a, a, an arsenal of lawyers saying, you know, but you can't, you know, unless you have, unless that, that uh, owner, that, that management team has contracts with those clients, there's no guarantee they're going to stay. Right. And even if they do, sure. there's no guarantee. Did yours so have it or no? Were most of them no contract, I'm assuming? The, the majority of them were no contract. Um, so how you know, do you, there was like, also, do you say that here's so the revenue and maybe I'll lose 50% or something or how, like, how does that go into the value that, of the business? Well, it's, it's important because, you know, you, that's exactly what we did. We said, Hey, you know, we got to anticipate losing, uh-huh. you know, X amount of the business, whether it's, maybe it's bad business. They're on bad, they're on bad price grids. Um, right. Or maybe they're getting away with murder when, when you're talking about some of these high volume guys, they're, they're getting all these finishing services that, um, you know, they're, you know, they aren't being billed for. They have these, like these price tiers that are like, Hey, you know, six to 12 callers are yeah. paying the same price. Yeah. Like, you know, these things that just don't work with when you factor in the, the, the raw materials costs. What I'm hearing is you value the, like the assets that were actual tangible, like tan tangible assets. Um, yeah, meaning yeah. like you can feel and touch equipment, you can value it. And then you put some sort of valuation on, um, I guess like the, the customer list or the goodwill, I guess, is that, would, would that be it? Did they fight yeah, yeah, back absolutely. on you and say like, oh, it's actually worth more than, than, oh, yeah. I, I dealt with this at some point, um, yeah. which is interesting. And yeah. so, okay. So t- tell us about how that conversation goes when you tell a business that's been around for 62 years, sorry, your customer list is only worth half of what you think or something like that. Well, yeah, I think this is another important conversation is it's so difficult because, uh, especially if it's like, if, if a lot of the negotiations are like a one-on-one or something, or the other parties, like a team of one or two, the ownership, you know, you don't want to obviously ins- insult anybody, but at the same time, you have to be very clear and concise on, on where you're at and say, listen, you know, th- these, these clients, um, you know, they're not on great price points. You know, you might, they might be doing, you know, $500,000 a year, but the, you know, when you break down the, the, the prices they're on and some of the services that they're all arguably getting for free, you know, it, you know, they're not as attractive as you think. Um, you know, there's also, there's no guarantee that they're going to stay with us. There's no guarantee that they're going to stay with us when you're gone. And, you know, we, you know, we have a great relationship and we'll take your word for it. And, you know, we, you know contractually, you could say, Hey, maybe the owner will stay on for a few months or the front end or people will stay on for a few months and help with that transition. But again, it's very difficult. You know, I mean, it's it, arguably impossible to say, you know, and a seller, the seller will always try to tell you that everyone's going to stay and that's no problem. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you got to, you got to be prepared that they won't. And so those are the conversations that just have to be had. And it's like, we think that, you know, these highlighted clients on your client sheet might not stay. We think that these hi- clients highlighted on your clientele sheet, um, are, are, are arguably, you know, we're classifying it as, as bad business. So, you know, let's kind of wipe that. We got to pretend they're not there, unfortunately, if we're going to continue with these deals and, and conversations like that is, is uh, oftentimes what leads to, um, you know, these kind the of, these periods. kind of blackout periods. Yeah. I mean, you know, I yeah. think that, that that's pretty common. Um, is that what you, you know, had? and everybody just has to regroup. Ferg, you, it was yeah, more I think, like the blackout, yeah. uh, like we're kind of an impasse. Yeah. We, we had a similar situation 
and um, trying to think what happened. I had approached, it was a long period of time. I'd approached another shop to say, Hey, we're interested in buying you. You're local. We can, you know, kind of the same deal. Their business had shrunk severely during COVID and their asking price was, was assuming that the business was going to come back. And my business partner, Jed, who's got like a lot of wisdom is like, Steven, if we took that same amount of money and we hired people to go out and sell, or we gave away free shirts with that same amount of money, would we be able to grow that book of business of, of what we're buying? You know, cause the equipment wasn't working anything. And he made me, he kind of like held me back and was like, really think through this. In this instance, the equipment wasn't worth anything. It was trash. I mean, it was like, I think there was a Taz press in there or something like that. So there was, it wasn't worth anything to us. And I really had to think and say, if I took that same amount of money and invested it, um, into campus Inc, would, would we grow the same amount? I guess like, did you think about that and say, you know, okay, here's the number. If I go out and, and rent or lease presses and build a building, will I be able to get to this point faster? Did you ever, did you ever like analyze that side by side? Yeah, no, I think, yeah. Well, I think that was like, the, yeah, that was the, the whole, the whole thing is, you know, we're saying, is this truly going to leapfrog us and, and take us, you know, five years into, into the future, uh, in, in 12 months. Um, and the answer for us was yes. Um, you know, aside from, like we said, looking at like the tangible assets and the client list, you know, we're looking at, um, two other extremely important things. Um, you know, we're looking at the, uh, employees, you know, we're looking at the lease, you know, the physical property and the terms of that. And so, you know, we're factoring all those things together and, um, did, you know, we're did also, you inter- did you interview the employees before, like, was there, because what if they all left? Yeah. So what, that's a great question. So what we started doing was, um, a few months when, when things started to get a little bit more serious, we started outsourcing projects to this group. And so what I was able to do there is one, I have more of a reason to, to physically be there every once in a while, right? Just pop in out of the blue, um, instead of, you know, kind of announcing you're going to be there and, 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 you know, then everybody's going to be on their top performance, obviously. So I'm able to kind of pop in, Hey, you know, I'm picking up my order. Hey, I'm, you know, we're dropping off orders or and my team's able to Secret interact shopping. with them a little bit. My, the front end's able to interact with them a little bit. So everybody's able to tell me, Hey, you know, I like this about them. I don't like that about them. You know, the phone lines are a little hard to get through or this, you know, so we're hearing little things. We're talking little things. I'm, you know, we're seeing a little bit who's, who's, you know, pallets are in there. Who's, who's dropping off all these orders, you know, who's not dropping off all these orders. So we're learning the business a little bit and, um, you know, the owner's cooperating, but now we're able to go a little bit, um, I don't want to say undercover, right. But, at the, but at the same time, we're able to get a little, and our orders are there, right. So how are our orders coming out? Are we happy with the quality? You know, if we, when we're throwing them a few thousand piece orders, are they, are they knocking out? Are we having complaints? Are they split shipping it for us properly? Are they are they organizing it properly? How's the speed? You know, are we hitting good turnaround times or are we two weeks? And so for us, we were looking at that and, um, you know, we were basically able to say, okay, we're very happy with this, very happy with this. We're not, okay, we're not really happy with that. But, you know, and then the, the conversation was, well, what, do, what does our business complement that they don't already have or what can we increase over there? Um, you know, at, they were screen printing solely a screen printing company, right? And so we do, we're, we're, we're screen printing a broader DTG. So now we're looking at the value of that. We're saying, okay, we're looking at that same client list and saying, okay, well, how many of these people, you know, are sending embroidery out somewhere else? And, hmm. You know, so we're doing that. And, and, and obviously, um, as I'm sure it's probably, you know, also like, it, you know, for us, it's more and more attractive, um, you know, and this is where we're starting to get closer to a deal. And, 
And, uh, you know, we start to have more serious conversations about what we think it's worth versus what the seller thinks it's worth. Um, you know, because we start to see some ways to boost the pre-existing business. Okay. So now that the deal closed and you're probably four months in, what would you have done differently? Um, you know, I probably would have set a little more, um, I, to be honest, I probably would have set a little more strict, um, terms as far as, um, the owner goes, as far as like, like physically getting some things out. Right. I mean, when, when you're in business for that long, there's a lot of like things there, files, paperwork, there are, there are some, there's a gray area there, I guess is what I'm trying to say from the time that the deal's done to when, you know, the owner or, and, and the, you know, any of the, um, the, the owner, the, the, some of the management staff are like completely hands-free out of the space. So we probably would have made that a little more firm, but at the same time, the gray area comes into place because, you know, you want the cooperation and you want the, um, goodwill of the seller to help transition, deal with problems, you know, talk to the previous clients. And then you want to do the right thing and not say, okay, deal's done. You know, you're out. You know what I mean? We don't care about this. We don't care about that. So I probably would have done some of that stuff, um, a little bit, but I mean, everything else, I gotta be honest with you. And this goes back to my team. I mean, it's, it's, it's has very little to do with me, but we've just done such a good job executing this transition period. I mean, from the clients to, um, you know, the, the, the employees absorbing everybody and, and getting everybody on the payroll. Um, I mean, we've just done a fantastic job. I'm very proud of, of our team. Um, you know, the artwork, you know, utilizing new machines for, for periods while we were, you know, moving things from one, location A to location B, um, you know, all around. I mean, it's, you know, and then, and then the front end talking to all these new clients that are on completely different pricing grids because they're, you know, it's, it's all high volume clientele, you know, dropping off, you know, you know, we're in a whole different ball game. It's, you know, all, you know, pallets and, and large volume. Did the amount of customers that you anticipated to stay actually stay? Was it, or was it more or less? It did. It was almost exact. I think we really nailed that. Um, I think we really nailed that. And, and a lot of that was because uh, it goes back to goodwill from, from the seller. Um, we were able to transition everybody we wanted to transition. The only uh, clients that we didn't transition was really because of bad business uh, or folks that really just aren't doing business so, right so now. So did him. you fire those clients and just say, hey, guys, sorry? You know, we did, but I don't even want to use that word because... Um, Let them down lightly? No, well, you know what it is, is um, there's no bridges, uh, bridges burnt, so to say. Like, you know, we might end up doing business with those folks in a few months or a year or two. Right. But, you it know, just wasn't unfortunately, a and, and, you know, we were not reasonable. It's, these were conversations, Stephen, like, hey, you know, this pricing that you've been on since 2018 or 2017 is just not going to, it's not going to cut it. Like, we understand you bring, you know, hundreds of thousands of units a year, you know, <laughs> with you, but like, you know, we can't really lose money. I'm laughing like, you know? so hard right now because Bruce is dealing with this. We're working through like, you know, it's, it's not similar to where you're saying it's not profitable for us to do this. I know you've had this pricing for a long time. It, we, we have yeah. a similar situation with big new functionality. Like our power scheduler is yeah. going to be on our higher tier plan. That's the more That's modern it. pricing. Bruce it's, is just a criminal for, he's a criminal. <laughs> He should go no, to Pentavo jail. I mean, you know, well, I, just, I understand, you know, but I, I look, I, I understand in, in, you know, it's like, Oh, you've been with us. I get it. Like, and there's there, of course there's an appreciation and I'm sure you guys have that for your customers. Um, but it's like, I'm allowed to speak my mind. We're Bruce not, we're not going to be, <laughs> I don't want to say that we're not going to be in business, but it just doesn't, it doesn't make financial sense. 
And I think it's the yeah, same the for anybody day, yeah. that's running a job, no matter how you know tight you are or things like that. It just there, it, it's not a, a charity, and so you have to be like we have to be better no, about that's that. It. But anyway, I mean, it is it is it's funny because right when you said that, I was like exactly thinking about what we're going through. Andrew, too. do your did those clients just go on the forums and just blast you? You know, like uh, the local Reddit in New Jersey. Like, <laughs> well, luckily we don't have an all county official Facebook group. So oh, you, people, you have an all county unofficial Facebook group? Unofficial. Uh, I'm sorry. I gotta join that <laughs> yeah. one. Luckily, well, luckily we don't we don't even have one. But because uh, if we did, you know, I don't know how we deal with it. I give you a lot of credit, Bruce, especially. In, in your field, I mean, and, and uh, I know we've spoken about this, but, and, and Steve, I mean, it is laughable. I, I have to be honest with you without going a little too deep in it. But, you know, uh, from, from a hiring perspective, the expenses, Bruce, that I'm sure you have to deal with, I mean, it, it makes what I'm talking about in our industry when we're talking about like the costs of ink and it, it makes it look like, like peanuts. I mean, you're in a whole different competitive field uh, from a development perspective. And, um, you know, I will say that, um, you know, as a user for Intavo since we started, um, since right when I, I said that, I keep going back to this like three week all in period, we made the decision in that three week period to use Printavo. And it was the best decision we ever made. And so we, we appreciate and we've seen the development in the product um, and, and the different kind of side products or, or extensions, different you know functionalities of it to date. And uh, thank God it was the best decision we ever made. Um, you know, so we appreciate that. And we're the shop that has the opposite perspective. I mean, we can not only do we understand uh, you know, increases or, or any different, you know, different, you know, uh, requirements as far as that goes. Um, but we appreciate it because we want further development, right? I mean, as a shop, if you're utilizing uh, an order management software like Printavo, you know, it really should be your, your entire shop. I mean, that's what you're going for. If you're using it as a side product or you're using it as a, a you know, then I think you're not maybe using it right. And, and um, I don't think those arguments are, are valid. And it's funny, though, to see, again, I love seeing different types of, I love seeing similar uh, similarities uh, in, in different types of business and, and that, you know, everybody deals with. We're in a super fortunate situation. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm very, like, thankful that, you know, that we've gotten traction that we help a lot of shops and and so it's not a complaint it was just interesting because it was a similar situation of like you know yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's it's a tricky conversation it's, it's but, great though but um and it's important too because we all deal with the same things i mean and and uh you know i think that um that's 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 awesome to see too because it's it's you know who adapts with it and and who um you know who, who moves forward so you know, it's, it's all, uh, it's awesome to see that always, I think. For sure. Well, this is awesome. Congratulations on the acquisition. Uh, there's some Thank cool. You. Yeah. And congratulations. I got to cut you off. I, I mean, I know yeah. Stephen, I already saw you in person, but congratulations to you too, Bruce with the, with blue star and, uh, and Steven congrats to you as well. Again, with, um, you know, the deal with the Mark cubes. Cuban, like these are just amazing things. And, and, uh, you know, there's so much young blood, I think in, in, uh, in, in this podcast, which is cool to see some some disruption going on. We're going to flip the uh, screen printing Hall of Fame photos around, make them a little. <laughs> <laughs> I can't print, though. Neither can Bruce. Yeah, so, that's the new wave, uh, I Andrew, think. <laughs> Andrew, can you print? 
so I, I printed it at the beginning, but um, right now I, I really I really wouldn't do a good job. I'd feel bad for my clients if I was printing their jobs. You got to the be same honest. problem that I do. Yeah, you know. it's all right. It's okay. Uh, we're it's gonna a get together. Thing. We yeah. Next next maybe Atlantic City or something. We'll we'll hop on yeah. the press so you could figure it out first. Oh, God. It won't be me, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, guys. This is awesome. Thanks so thanks, much man. for listening to this episode of the Printable Pronounces Podcast. I'm Bruce from Printable, Mr. Stephen Farrig, and Andrew Montana out of All County Apparel, New Jersey. All right, we'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks.